What is up? School's out. The sun is shining. Put down those history books. And yes, I'm using quotation fingers. Strap on those learning helmets and buckle up because your boy is about to take you on a ride. So load your vitamin D loving asses onto the freaky deaky school bus because our next stop is an after school special the likes of which that wacky redhead Miss Frizzle could only dream about. TFT summer break starts right now. Welcome back to TFD Summer Break. My name is Scott, and I will be your host on this beautiful Thursday. I know, I know, you're thinking, oh God, Scott flying solo. Perhaps I should exchange this learning helmet of mine for a beautifully tailored tinfoil hat. But don't worry, I know you're probably out there wishing the gang was reunited so it could feel so good, and I feel the same way. I miss the gang. Christian. Heather. Where are you? Are you safe? It's time to come home. So come home. And just like a Motel 6, your boy's going to leave the light on for you. Anywho, enough with the high school theater grade semantics. I've got a truly riveting story for you guys today. It's a bit of a shorter story, but gee golly, is it compelling. So I'm excited to share it with you. Today we're reading a Reddit post found in the Unresolved Mysteries subreddit, beautifully written and pieced together by a user named Snitting Next to Borpo. So if you're an avid Reddit user, snitting next to Borpo deserves all the karma and awards you can send their way. And I encourage each of our listeners to do so if you've got a moment to spare. I originally heard this story over a decade ago, and it's just kind of stuck with me ever since. I thought it would make a fantastic summer break segment for you guys because it's not super long and it's not super short. I mean, it's like I, I'd probably say like 10, 15 minute range, but I guess we'll find out, won't we? If your boy reads fast, maybe eight minutes. I don't know. Stay tuned. Uh, our story today is a peculiar case of alleged demonic possession, and it begins in a jail cell. In February of 1983, Don Decker, then 21, was in jail for receiving stolen property. He was granted furlough to attend the funeral of his grandfather, James Kishaw. I'm assuming that's how that's pronounced. Yeah, James Kishaw, whom Decker claims had abused him since he was seven years old. The first alleged paranormal event occurred after the funeral, when Decker stayed overnight at the home of his friends, the Kiefers. Now, Don claims he felt a chill and fell into a trance-like state there, while at the same time, the walls began to ooze water. Don's friends, as well as their landlord, could not identify a source of the leaks. According to the landlord, quote, After watching it for a while, I discovered that it wasn't only coming from the ceiling down. It could come from the wall over or from the floor up. There was no basic direction that it was coming from. It could literally come from anywhere." End quote. Police who were summoned to the scene confirmed the phenomenon. One described it as, quote, I literally had a chill going up my spine, made the hair stand up on your neck. That's how I felt. 
This was a situation where things were happening that I never, ever dreamed could possibly happen, and there was no way of explaining what was going on. After police returned to the station to file a report, Don and his friends walked to a nearby pizzeria. While there, the phenomenon supposedly reoccurred. Don went into a trance-like state, and it began to rain inside the restaurant. The pizzeria's owner believed Don was possessed. She pulled her conveniently located crucifix from the cash register and touched Don with it. She claims it burned his skin. The group returned to the Kiefer's house, as did the police. The chief, who was also, quote, pelted with water at this point, declared that it was not a plumbing problem and ordered his officers not to speak of the incident. Defying his orders, they returned the next day and presented Decker with a gold cross. They claim it not only burned his hand, but caused him to levitate and, as Lieutenant John Rundle explained, quote, All of a sudden, he lifted up off the ground and he flew across the room with the force as though a bus had hit him. There were three claw marks on the side of his neck which drew blood. I have no answer for it whatsoever, and I just draw a blank, even today. End quote. A few days later, a Catholic priest was summoned to perform an exorcism on Decker, but the allegedly possessed man went into convulsions. When Decker's furlough ended, he returned to jail, and the reigning walls followed him. A jail guard, warden, and chaplain all attested to this occurrence. The Reverend Blackburn challenged Don to admit that he was making it up. Blackburn says, quote, all of a sudden, his demeanor changed and this smell came into the room. Nurses and doctors, medical people, say when you walk into a room where someone is dying with a cancer or something, usually there's a smell. You can tell when you walk in the room. I smelled a smell like that multiplied five times at least. Evil foreboding. He raised his hand and rubbed his fingers together. And all of a sudden, it started to rain. It was like the devil's rain. It was a mist. I was in the presence of evil. I opened up the Bible and started to read to him, but the pages never got wet. So help me, it was a frightening thing. I think I was praying more for me than him. I prayed, and it was only a brief period, and then the rain stopped." End quote. Now, in his uh, Unsolved Mysteries interview, Decker claimed that the rain and levitation never occurred again after the Reverend prayed over him that evening. Uh, but there are, you know, like anything, there's going to be skeptics. And um, this comes from, yeah, paranormal researcher Peter Jordan states, quote, the Donald Decker case is by far the most singularly, okay, uh, see, I see, I fucked up the sentence before I even got started. The Donald Decker case, is, there's no one to make fun of me in this room right now. It's actually just kind of creepy. So, yeah, I'm just going to continue. The Donald Decker case is by far the most singularly, no, I, there's no, the most is after singularly. Sorry, people, let me get this right. The Donald Decker case is by far the singularly most fascinating and important case I have ever personally been involved in. That does not mean I believe that it necessarily is proof positive to me of, of demonic infestation, but it is the case in my own personal experience up to that point that comes the closest to that hypothesis. In all, nine eyewitnesses plus Don himself were willing to go on record saying they saw, heard, and felt phenomena apparently not of this world, and they continue to believe Don was possessed by the devil. They have found no other explanation for the bizarre deaths. 
The series of events claimed by the witnesses occurred over a total of about four days. As you might expect, there's plenty of skepticism about this story. New Zealand researcher and teacher Ronald Bartholomew wrote an article about, quote, Rain Boy for Skeptic Magazine, which was quoted in the Pocono Record in 2013, saying, quote, Why didn't anyone videotape or photograph these events? despite cameras and videotape being widely available. It is beyond belief that if these events were as dramatic as they claimed, no one snapped pictures. Why not phone the local TV station to record this event? All we are left with are eyewitness accounts from excited observers with a worldview that includes the reality of the devil. Bartholomew suggests the trance states could have been triggered by extreme stress or mental illness and were perpetuated by a, quote, classic case of social delusion. The Pocono Record article also states, it's unclear whether this is from their own research or Bartholomew's, quote, a report by the manufactured, oh, and huge thanks to the plane. Meow, yeah, we get it, dude, you're flying. Ugh, every time. The Pocono Record article also states, it's unclear whether this is from the from their own research or from Bartholomew's, but, quote, a report by the Manufactured Housing Research Alliance says Pennsylvania is at moderate to high risk for winter moisture problems. With one of the most severe events being ice damming, this is caused by warm air entering an attic that melts snow on the outer surface of a roof, resulting in an accumulation of ice under which pools of water form and leak. Now, I don't really know if I... I mean, is that technically a theory that, yeah, some some ice happened to pool up and then up oh, now it's it's melting and it's leaked all over the place? I like that just sounds like a grasping at straws to me. And I don't have anyone here to bounce that off of. I can't be like, Christian, what do you think? Or Heather, what do you think? But it, it just feels like you're, you're grasping at straws like, well, this happens sometimes. Yeah, sure. Maybe that happens. But the leak, I imagine, would go down if the ice is melting, though, the water would just go down. That's the direction. And we all heard it earlier from the, the landlord himself saying that there was no direction. It was going every direction. It wasn't just, you know, dri like dripping down. Oh, it's a leaky pipe or, oh, it's this ice damming or whatever you want to call it. But like it was going from the floor up. Now, I don't know that much about ice damming. I guess it's a subject that I'm completely in the dark on, to be really frank with you. But I can't imagine that ice damming causes the gravitational pull of the earth to stop working. Maybe that's just me. Maybe your boy's a dumb dumb. Okay. I don't fucking know, but I don't think that water can go up. It's not supposed to go up. You know what I mean? It, it always comes down. It's that's the motion we go. This landlord is saying that it was going from left to right. It's going from down up and also probably going from up down. We can't rule that out. Was it ice damming though? I personally, I can't say that. I, I just, I don't believe that. That sounds like one of, you know, a million possible things. That, like it's the same thing with ghosts when they're like, oh, it's just not ghosts, but UFOs be like, ah, oh, they just saw some swamp gas. Like do, do people see swamp gas sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. You bet your sweet ass they do, but not all the time. It can't be something that's like, oh, every single thing you've ever seen swamp gas. Yeah. So that's what this ice damming feels like. It feels like the same principle, just different words applied to it. Like, let's just get people to shut up about this. We'll call it this and the end, call it a day. You know, what is surprising, though, is 
you know, nearly 30 years later, uh, our, our good friend Don Decker finds himself in a bit of trouble yet again. In 2012, nearly 30 years after the mysterious possession episode, Don Decker was charged with arson, accused of setting fire to Dana's restaurant and tavern in Tobahana. Is that how you pronounce that? Pennsylvanians chime in. It's either Toby Hanna or Tobahana or Toby Hanna. I'm going to go with Toby Hanna. That sounds funny. Yeah, so he's accused of setting fire to Dana's restaurant and tavern in Toby Hanna, Pennsylvania, about 22 miles from Stroudsburg. Investigators said Decker was hired by the restaurant's owners to burn the building. Some believe this incident further undermines Decker's credibility. So, yeah. Is he, at the end of the day, is this dude hella reliable? Trustworthy, even? I would not say yes. I would say no. As a matter of fact, he's quite the opposite. He seems like he gets into a lot of hijinks and has a general devil-may-care attitude when it comes to the law of the land. All right? So, yeah. Take take that as you will. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about that in particular. Like, does that mean that weird things can't happen to people that are criminals? Or does that just mean that we don't trust them because they're criminals? You know what I mean? Ah, no one's going to answer that question, Scott. Yep, you're sitting alone in the room, remember? <laughs> yeah. All right. Any hooser? So what the heck happened in 1983? An article from Mysterious Universe says that Don Decker believed he was being haunted by the spirit of his grandfather. Weird flex? Obviously, most people aren't going to swallow the, quote, possession story without question. However, we do have at least nine witnesses, including members of the clergy and law enforcement, attesting, <clears throat> embarrassing, attesting to these incidents. Were they all in on it for some reason? Was it indeed a mass delusion, a rare and often debated phenomenon? What other possibilities are there? You know, and you know, along with this, and first of all, kudos to Snitting Next to Borpo for putting that all together. Beautifully done, seriously, bravo. One thing I did while I was looking at this particular write-up was I, as I often do when I'm looking into stuff, is I'll, I'll dive into the comments section of pretty much any article, any write-up anywhere, just to see what people are saying about it. Like, how do they feel about the information they've been presented with? And with this one in particular, there were a lot of people that kind of chimed in. You know, like the clergy is one thing, but the fact that you have um, like law enforcement also backing this up. And I believe I didn't save it, but there was someone that talked about the lieutenant, Lieutenant John Rundle, um, and his quote on what he saw take place which, in case you forgot, was, quote, all of a sudden he lifted up off the ground and he flew across the room with the force as though a bus had hit him. There were three claw marks on the side of his neck, which drew blood. I have no answer for it whatsoever, and I just draw a blank even today, end quote. So that's a lieutenant of the police force, okay? That's not someone who is willy-nilly with the details. You know what I mean? Like, you're the odds of you not getting ridiculed for writing something like that as a lieutenant is slim to none. So we're talking about a guy who his reputation is on the line and he is quoted as saying that this dude floated up into the air and th was like thrown against the wall or whatever with the, the force of a freight train. You know, three claw marks in the neck. There's just things that don't add up. You know, like, I mean, could it, could it be possible there's a dirty lieutenant somewhere? Yeah, it's absolutely possible, you know. But at the same time, like, let's just assume that this guy was a good cop. Let's say he was doing his job by reporting what he saw. 
And let's say that what he saw was not some David Blaine bullshit, but was in fact someone floating in the air and flying across the room. I don't know how else you'd explain that. I mean, demonic possession seems like kind of, uh, you know, you got the cat in the bag, but who am I? You know, I'm just a random dude talking about weird shit. That is pretty much the end of this one. That wraps it up. But if guys, let's let's hear what you think about this. Obviously, your boy, I'm a Christian man. I'm going to be thinking demons all the time. That's just it's in my DNA. All right, I'm going to be like, that, that shit was a demon, son. No other explanation. But I do really want to hear what you guys have to say about it. So, you know, whether it's on social media or it's you know emailing in, let let me know. Let me know. Let the gang know um, what you think about this Donnie Decker story, because every time I hear it, it kind of recaptivates me. It's like somewhere I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. And then I'm drawn right back in. So now hopefully that I got this off my chest, I, I can forget about this story once and for all. But that's not exactly how it works. Anyway, give us your thoughts. Uh, social medias are at Freaky Deaky Pod on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you would like to write in, give us your thoughts on the episode or what you think it, what you think was actually going on with Donnie Decker. Or if you have some actual like different information that you think I should have included with this episode, please send it on in. I would love some clarification. Um, send it to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com, and one of us will get back to you as quickly as possible. That uh, that wraps it up, guys. I you know I appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to check back next week. You know we'll have we'll have the gang back in in due time. You know Christian's at work right now. Heather is getting ready to go to go to Atlanta. But luckily for you guys, Heather's going to be coming into the studio to record a couple of her true crime episodes, and you don't want to miss that. It is her passion. She is hella excited for this and you guys should be excited for this too we are branching out freak nation uh christian will be back from work soon and i I believe we've got a couple ideas for some summer segments to go over and uh yeah we're excited to share it with all you guys be sure that you are subscribed to the freaky deaky youtube channel because we are shooting videos now we're shooting you know it's not all going to be super long episodes or anything like that but we're making little video shorts behind the scenes stuff some interesting stories that that can't really take up an entire episode on their own but it's really fun stuff. We're having a good time and we're, you know, again, just expanding and having the time of our lives doing it. So be sure to do that. Check the TikTok, social medias, all that fun stuff. You guys have a great day and I will see you right here next week on the Freaky Deaky Summer Break. Goodbye.